Let's get ready to podcast. Welcome in Team Rhino Podcast. Steven here, Chris. Chris, what's up? Uh, it's all good, Steven. It's all good. All good. Bad, big news. Big news. Go ahead. Lay it on us. Ernie, my dog, yes. is heartworm free. Oh, because I, I use his medicine on the regular. But just want to put that out there for all the listeners out there just worried about you know heartworm testing. He's all clean, so you know we can move on with our podcast. Thank, thank the Lord. I was, I was pretty worried about Ernie. You know, I, <laughs> I lost maybe a minute and a half of sleep last night. Just thinking about your dog that I've never met before. But uh, he's a good guy. I'm glad to see that he's heartworm free. Hey, Chris, here at uh, Him Jar Bar, we are looking at college football landscape. And is this the uh, one of the crazier years in uh, across college football that you've seen? It's definitely up there um, for the whole for for every conference and, and throughout the country. I would say it's one of the crazier ones. Um, but I would I would mention and I've mentioned this to coworkers and I think to you as well. But I think the Big Ten conference in general is kind of a weird. It's in a weird landscape as well. You have it seems like some good teams here with Wisconsin, Ohio State, you know, even Michigan State, Michigan that all have some really good things going for their team, but. There's deficiencies on all these teams. You know, I, I still think that Ohio State pro- it probably is the team that I think is is the team to beat. But I mean, they're they're such a roller coaster team. And going back to your point on the on the country, yeah, it's just kind of a weird um, landscape right now. And, and again, it's it's kind of nice to get to that point. Back in you know 30 years ago, it really was the same 15 teams winning. And while you still have Alabama now. There is this, you know, lot more. There's a lot more talent going to some of these smaller schools and being able to upset some of these, these bigger schools and these big powerhouses. So, um, it's definitely up there for the, the one of the craziest ones. But I, I know, I think it was in, I think it was around the era of, and um, a uh, beginning of Hoke. There was a year there that it just seemed like every every week there was an upset. So. It's up there, though, as, as one of the weirdest years in recent history. You know, I remember that year where Texas Tech was uh, kind of unbelievable when they had, uh, was it Graham Harrell at quarterback and uh, Crabtree at receiver? And uh, the Big 12 that year was just kind of ridiculous, where Texas Tech upset Texas and Oklahoma was scoring like 70 points each game with Sam Bradford. So I remember that being one of the crazier years. and. This year, I think it's it's peculiar because there's been so many upsets in the past few weeks, but they haven't been by a slim margin. They've been blowouts. They've been uh, a lot, you know, lack of close games. You know, more of the surprising upsets where one team has it won by halftime. You wonder. I am only going off of just you know, not football, but tennis. I, I remember when there was always the best team in the conference coming in to play or a team that you knew was really good you got more pumped up for that game you were ready to go and you might be one of the weaker teams or, or, or whatnot but you you wanted to beat that team so you came prepared and I always had some re- really good matches against some of those teams where we might have ended up losing um, but 
I played some of the best tennis of my life. So I think that might be, you know, that, that should go into it a little bit, that, that pump up before you're playing a really good team or a really good player or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think that for sure has to go into it. But but I, I believe that's kind of how it's been for, you know, ever since football really even started. Uh, I think it's more of the... Uh, the doubt of the favorite team now. So a team comes in, I think they're thinking more about losing than they are about going out and winning. And that kind of opens up the door for these upsets. You know, they get themselves down early by 7 or by 14, and then they let things kind of spiral out of control. And, you know, less stability and, you know, tough defense. I guess that's what happens when you don't play defensive football, when you're playing this high-risk offense. You know, if things aren't going well for you, things can go bad real quick. Yeah, and I say, again, this is the old cliche, but, you know, defense wins championships. You you can put up a lot of points, but at the end of the day, you got to pack your defense because I think that's, you know, how many, how many national championships have you seen in the last 20 years that ha- haven't had at least a, a fun, you know, a, a solid above average defense? You know, I, maybe one I'm thinking of off the top of my head. No, but. A nice way to put it is how many great teams or supposedly great teams has Oregon had in the past 10, 15 years, and how many national titles do they have to show for it? Right, and that was actually that team I was thinking of. Isn't it? That, they actually didn't even win a national title. They went to the finals, right, and then they got creamed. Yeah, they got beaten so, by it. So, you know, it's it shows. You just can't, you can't sustain a team with – with a team that's going to let up 40, 40 points a game. No, yeah. You, I mean, you can have that high-powered offense, but that defense has to be, you know, I had, I had at least top 25 defense, right? Yeah. you got to keep – basically, I think in a national championship game, if you, there are obviously games that have gone above 30 points, but I think if you can keep a team around 28 points or less, you have a really good chance of winning in that national title game. So mm-hmm. – I think that's, again, there's there's you know there's games on either side of that with you know a really low scoring game or a real high scoring game, but I think that's kind of where you're you're seeing the divide. Yeah, fair enough. And you know we had a, a crazy game get uh, taken place this past weekend between our two largest rivals, or two of our three largest rivals depends on uh, you know what your feelings are about our rivals. But uh, uh, that Michigan State Ohio State game. Uh, was it just that Vegas is smarter than everyone else and we should start listening to that? Or is it, uh, you know, what happened there? you watch any of that game? Yeah, I watched a little bit. At the end, uh, at the end of the, towards the end of the game, I just kind of shut it off. I knew what the, what was going to happen. And I, Vegas sometimes is, is, is creepy to me at times. Um, rarely, rarely do you see Vegas not have, have it down what 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 the score is going to be um and i i don't think anyone expected that um i didn't expect you know ohio state to just obliterate them um but that being said i mean they did have a really poor week the week before and maybe they they just had to uh you know come out of the gates fast and and uh michigan state wasn't prepared and wasn't ready and they're still a pretty young team as well and they just weren't ready for that type of game. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot to do with that. And I, I do, I'll buy into, I think Michigan State is probably running low on gas here. Uh, you know, having the as many big games as they've had in the past few weeks, in the past month. Uh, a lot of crazy situations and a little bit, they might have been depleted, uh, you know, energy-wise and emotion-wise. You know, after some of those big wins, big win against Michigan, big win against Penn State, uh, I mean, your tank is low. You know, I, especially when you're a team when you're kind of overachieving like that, you don't want to dump out the tank. Yeah, and to go back to you know, I mentioned Vegas being pretty spot on. This is the one the one area they messed up. They said what six to seven wins for Michigan State. You know, they have a good chance of getting nine wins this year. Uh, at this point, they're playing with house money. I mean, they're they're much better than what everyone predicted, and. Uh, you know, and they have obviously their big win against Michigan. I mean, that's really all they need to go. Their season's complete, basically. They're going to go to a bowl. They're going to go to a bowl game. They're going. They beat Michigan. It's a good year. So. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they're for sure. They can be a little bit happier than than us at the moment, at least. Uh, you know, looking at Michigan State's schedule here the next few weeks, they got Maryland at home, and they got Rutgers on the road. You know, two teams that Michigan just kind of beat up on. Uh, I mean, it's a Big Ten. Anything crazy can happen, but it does kind of look like Michigan State's going to finish the year solidly. Yeah, uh, and like I said, Rutgers and and Maryland. I feel bad for uh, particularly Maryland because I, you know, I like DJ Durkin a lot. But again, going down to their fourth string quarterback, which apparently that, that it's actually down to their fifth string from from one of the reports I read. Um, but I feel bad for them. But yeah, they just that those two teams are just not good. Unfortunately, in the Big Big Ten East, if they were probably in different conferences, uh, you know, they have a better chance of, of doing something. But especially with Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan in their division, I think maybe every four years you might see one of those teams hover around that 500 mark or just below. But I think for the most part, those teams are in. Uh, some pretty big, uh, have some pretty big problems going forward for the next. Uh, yeah. So what you're saying is focus on other sports. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't even know that because realistically, I'm looking at what I'm just going off to some of the sports that I watch: hockey. You know, hockey. I mean, you still have Michigan, Michigan State. Penn State is actually pretty good. Ohio State. They're not going to win there. Uh, basketball. That's pretty tough, also. Uh, I mean, Maryland's, you know, always does pretty well once in a yeah. while. Focus on soccer. Yeah. I think soccer uh, that might be their best chance right there. And actually, Michigan just won, I think, the Big Ten this year. Yeah, they, they won the regular so, season, uh, and uh, Wisconsin won the yeah. Big Ten tournament. Okay, so, so yeah, it's going to be tough, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, a little shame. I will say, though, I, uh, I follow college soccer a little bit. And uh, Maryland is always like a top five, top ten team. So okay, so there you go. There's Maryland. There's they're always pretty your... darn good. Uh, and then a little shameless plug to my alma mater here, Western Michigan. In the last uh, college soccer rankings, was number four in the country. Well, nice. Yeah, they were. Uh, they had a good year. They beat Michigan early on, and then because Michigan ended up doing well, uh, you know, they got their ranking rose while Michigan rose, and. Uh, and they won the regular season. They hosted the tournament, and they lost in the finals of the tournament to Akron. But Akron's always been pretty good. So kind of crazy, a small school, to see them get to up to number four in the country. Yeah, congrats to them. Pretty cool. Oh, but let's not waste any more time talking about these secondary schools. 
<laughs> even though I went there. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk Michigan-Maryland. Uh, saw Harbaugh say that it might be the best game his team's played collectively all year. You know, when you factor in, you know, all phases of the game and the units. Uh, you know, I didn't get to see the game live. I saw the fourth quarter live, and I saw the replay of the game. Uh, you know, what do you think? What is this been Michigan's best game so far all around? I don't know. I think it's because there's been a lot of chatter about that he basically, you know, Harbaugh basically just stopped the playbook and kind of just, you know, did three, you know, two running plays and then a screen play type thing. He basically just let off the pedal. I'm sure there's a part of that out, out there because he mentions all the time the, the one thing you want to do is you want to come out of the game with a win, but two, you want to come out injury free. And at, at you know halftime or, or whatnot, they're they're up twenty eight zero, and the play calling did get pretty, pretty pretty vanilla. Um, and again, they still have to execute and whatnot, but uh, there were some injuries there. They looked like they were clicking. I had to say that the first half they looked like they were clicking. It was probably the the, the most I've seen them click throughout the year uh, for that time span. That being said, like I said, that second half was kind of a mediocre half. And so I, I can't say it was the best game I've seen all year. Um, but, you know, it's, it's up there. It's, you know, it's definitely up there for how good they looked in the first half. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I, I would I feel pretty confident saying that's not the best I've seen them play this year. Even though, you know, the, the offense really was clicking there well for, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes of play. Uh, they look pretty good. You, know, you touched on injuries, and there's there's been a few injuries coming out of that game. I know people are making a big deal out of Higdon going out, but when he got hurt, it was already you know 28 nothing. So, you know, there was no reason to try to bring him back in. You know, he has a little injury. The game's already pretty much won. You know, I, that's what how I saw it. I didn't think there was any chance he'd be gone for next week's game. You know, Gary got some. Uh, had some attention, you know, went out of the game kind of early, too. I think he's going to be all right. Uh, I know I saw Levert Hills in concussion protocol. Uh, I think that's the one we got to worry about as far as uh, injury question marks. But I think most of the guys that got hurt will be back next week. Uh, and then I guess fingers crossed on Levert Hill. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think Hill on Wayne is someone that I'm – a little bit nervous about too. I like Ruiz though. I thought ever since he's come into the lineup, there's been obviously. Well, again, they're, they're playing some tougher team or some weaker teams as well. But the offensive line has kind of gelled a little bit more since he's come in. And uh, what was the last one I was mentioning? Um, or was it? I forgot. <laughs> anyway, but I agree with you. It's yeah, it's one of those it's one of those days, man. It's one of those days. But Hill, I agree with you is is the is the number one guy because you take him out and you're putting in Brandon Watson probably as your as your two moving long to one. That's a big difference in corners. Big difference in talent level. Yeah, I think for sure that's, that's something that we'll have to pay attention to uh, in the days leading up to this game. Uh, question for you on our boy Quinn Nordine. I know we uh, it's been a continuing topic to talk about you know the missed extra points, the missed field goals. Uh, people are making a big deal out of him and Harbaugh getting into it on the sideline. 
Uh, even though Harbaugh kind of cleared it up by saying, you know, you got one more chance, and he said, all right, I'm going to make it. Uh, you know, is this chalked up to a freshman who was, you know, I guess redshirt freshman who was exposed to some, you know, high-level success early on in his uh, in the year this year and has maybe thought of it being too easy and just kind of going through some growing pains? Or is it one of those things where, you know, kickers, when they lose it, they might not ever get it back? I just consider kickers like to be like hockey goalies. There's just times you get into some rough patches, and it, it just feels like you're in position, you're doing the right thing, and the, the, the puck goes past you, and you're like, what's going on? Or there's small bounces that happen that you're like, why is that going in? I think it's kind of a similar thing where I think he's got the talent level. He's, he's, he's going to be fine, I think. I am a little bit more nervous just because he's younger and compared to Kenny Allen from what was it last year, Kenny Allen was also, you know, redshirt, what redshirt senior. So he had five years in, he was going to get it. You know, he's mentally capable of, of getting himself prepared to, to win out competitions and win and, and hit some field goals where Quinn Nordine being a little bit younger, a little more nervous for him, but I think he's the most talented kicker we've had in 20 years. I mean, it has to be over 20 years. Um, so I think he'll be fine. He has the talent level, and eh, we'll, we'll see how, how, he, how he does going forward. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think he'll be fine. Possibly not this year. Um, I mean, we'll see. I think there's a chance in the next two games we don't even see him get a, a field goal attempt. Um, I think they might be going for it on fourth down situations that are, you know, a little inside of punting situation, so uh, we'll see about that. And uh, I do think you know next year, the year after, we could see some pretty special things out of him. And I'm not willing to chalk it up to uh, he's lost his mojo yet. Or, I, th- I do think it's fixable. I think he'll get it back, and it's just kind of part of the process. Now, go ahead uh, and let's talk about Mr. Chris Evans here. Uh, a guy that I was high on to start the year, and he really had went through some you know sophomore slump type uh, games early on with some fumbles, and he kind of slid down the depth chart. Probably started at one in that Florida game, and, and got himself down to three. And and there was a time that I think people were talking about Walker, even though Walker was only you know one two carries on the year, is maybe being ahead of Evans too. Uh, do you think that? His, you know, his numbers and his uh, his output in the past couple of games is indicative of the competition, or do you think you uh, you, you like uh, how he's running nowadays? And uh, can he be that first or second back for them this year and, and possibly next year? This was going to hurt you a little bit. I think it's. I think Higdon is now your guy based on the how the how he's running. I don't want to take away from Evans because I think he coming out of the backfield he could be definitely a, a weapon, an asset, uh, maybe even in the slot. Um, he's still a guy that, again, could be like a nice third down back that they, they toss it off to. But I just don't see him being that, that type of runner where he's going to go through the tackles as much. He is, you know, I think he's like 180 pounds or 170 pounds from at least last year. I think he was 170 pounds. Um, Higdon has beefed up a lot more. Hayden looks to me to be the number one runner. That being said, yes, Isaac going forward will, um, or Chris, excuse me, Evans will be, you know, a good weapon for us. But I think that the job is now Higdon's for the foreseeable future, starting this year, and I think next year he'll be the he'll be the top runner as well. 
Yeah, that doesn't hurt me at all because I, uh, I know I I agree with you there. I thought you were gonna really say that he's never gonna run for another you know yard again, but uh, yes, never no. <laughs> but um, no, I completely agree with you. I'm super impressed with just watching Higdon run and how tough he's become as a back, and uh, even in you know a limited you know minutes this past week, he only played one half. You know that screen pass that he caught in reverse field, and he just. He sheds off tacklers, and he looks good. And even some of the runs, he was just getting four, five, six yards. I thought he looked really good. Um, hopefully he's healthy going into the next week because I think he's become probably the offense's best weapon. And, uh, and we've talked about it before. It was last week or the week before about Evans and, and using him in the passing game more and uh, using him a little bit like Theo Riddick's used on the Lions and the third down situations where he's catching screens and if he can improve his pass blocking a little bit, he can, you know, shed a blocker and then roll out for a, you know, a dump off pass. Or, you know, he's elusive in space, and I, I do think uh, a pretty darn good player. But I agree with you. I think Higdon's our guy, and it looks like a, a darn good running back. And I hope that we have two good, you know, horses in the stable where we can use both of them in different situations. So. It, it, it's just uh, again time, and he's still it's just a sophomore. We got two more years. He's gonna bulk up in the in the weight room, so and hopefully that'll that'll translate to him running through the tackles a little bit better than he has the last you know this past year at least. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to our game MVPs. Uh, who'd you have offensive and defensive for uh, the Maryland game? Offensive wise, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with your boy, as as I say, uh, Chris Evans. I thought he, I, Higdon had probably the the bigger highlights overall. Um, no, except for that that hurdle at the end. Yeah, that was uh, to me. That was. It. I mean, <laughs> what's? I, mean, I want to say the is hurdling, the hurdling thing has become so <laughs> cliche now. Though it's like okay, whatever. It was good. Well, um, what I was impressed by is that he was just completely clean. Uh, you know, there was no yeah. touch at all by the defender on it. You know, it wasn't the most amazing run, but he was feeling it, and you could tell. Uh, a nice play. I've seen better, though. I mean, we've seen all the McGuffey highlights we uh, can ever hope for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with, with Evans on that one. Uh, we really didn't need much. And I'm going to go with Long. Um, man, I, I texted you, and Grant, you, were, you said, oh, I'm not watching this live, but uh, I predicted a pick six. Long takes it. He's running all the way. I'm like, oh, come on, prediction. Come on, my prediction's going to be right. And then he gets stopped. I'm just like, God, 20 yards away. But uh, I'm, I thought he had a good day. A um, couple, couple tackles, you know, the, the interception in the end zone, which that was a big part of that first half too is that it seemed like everything was going right for that team. They're up 28 nothing. I think 21 nothing. Uh, I think it was 21 nothing, And then they, they pick it off and take it back, and then they get another touchdown right after that. So, that was a big momentum, so I'm going to go with Long and Evans this week. Fair enough. I actually was thinking of both those guys when I was watching the game going through. Um, and I do think they both had good games, but I'm going to go with two different guys. Offense, I'm going to go with Gentry. Uh, looking like maybe the first uh, tight end that Harbaugh's really taking uh, from a guy coming into college, and he's coming in as a quarterback, uh, you know, what two, three, three-star quarterback transitions to tight end, uh, and I think he's going to put him in the NFL and might put him in the NFL in like the first or second or third round. 
Uh, he looks good with the ball. Caught another touchdown. Looks to be, you know, with him and McKean, uh, Peter's favorite options to go to, which is what we're going to see here uh, as long as Harbaugh stays at Michigan. A lot of tight end catches and a lot of uh, check downs to the tight ends, which is good. I think uh, for Michigan to win these next couple games, they're going to need a lot of production from Gentry and from McKean. So I thought Gentry's playing pretty well. And defense, I'm going to go with a guy that we've uh, we got on a little bit the past uh, few weeks and was we're pointing out as maybe one of the weak links in the defense. It was such a strong defense. Uh, one of the weak links. And I'm going to go with uh, Josh Metellus. I thought he played a really nice game in terms of uh, just flying to the football. There was this one play where he had the running back in the backfield. It was a quick little uh, toss out to the back. Had him in the backfield. The running back broke it. Tried to reverse field. And then uh, I think either Winovich got him. But it was assisted by Metellus. So he like initially shook him and was on the ground and then got up and ran, you know, 15 yards over to his right and helped out on the tackle too, which, you know, you don't want to see the missed tackle, but you're always encouraged when he uh, when a player can recover from something like that. So I thought he played a, a really nice game, and it's nice to see him uh, elevate his game where he had uh, made some mistakes in the past couple weeks. And that's such an important position going into next week uh, with Wisconsin just because he's going to be coming down to the box a lot more while Cannell is going to be you know, kind of roaming back there. I think they're going to see a lot of run plays for next week, so hopefully he keeps that up for the next uh, game against Wisconsin. Yep, yep, for sure. And I think he might have blocked the punt too. He did. Oh, look at he that. Did, so blocked punt. That's yeah. why I wrote him down. I forgot about that for a second there. Uh all right, on to the fresh face rankings. Uh, any change in yours from last week to this week? Uh, I'm going to keep it everything the same. Klee Hudson, number one. Number two is Long, and number three is McEwen. Actually, there is a, technically there is a change between two and three, but I'm keeping the same three guys. Fair enough. Uh, what little harsh change in two and three. I know that Long had that nice uh, interception run back, but uh, McKean did score a touchdown. Yeah, but you know, he, I picked. I wanted to pick six, and I just, I just feel like he's, you know, he hasn't been picked on much this year. There's been no real negative plays on him. He won early on this year. Other than that, he's been solid. And because the offense is still not a great offense, if, I think if he was catching more balls, I'd put McEwen up, you know, a little bit higher than that. Fair enough. Uh, I've got a slight change uh, from this last week to this week. Uh, I had Ambry Thomas in my three slot. I'm sliding him out. I'm finally putting in your boy David Long. Uh, <laughs> had a nice game. He's just he looks like him and Lavert Hill are one A one B. Uh, you know they both are very sound in coverage. Uh, can intercept the ball. Both very fast guys. So very impressed with those two. And then Hudson's one and McKean's two. No reason for me to change any of those guys uh, based on. How I thought they performed this past week. Hey, um, go so far this year we've we have our breakout players being correct. You with McEwen and me with Higdon, so that's good. It is good. A lot, uh, lot better I, than my predictions last year. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little extra uh, bump for uh, McEwen here. He does lead the team in receptions, which I, I don't think either of us would have predicted at the start of the year. Um, and it's not like he has a real impressive number of receptions, but he does lead the team in receptions. So, might be one of the more vital offensive players out there. Yeah, my, and my question is, what happened to Bunting? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I really. Yeah, that's I don't, a mystery. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have been, you know, biggest disappointment type player. Or, I don't even know if it's a disappointment. Uh, but, you know, dropped out of nowhere pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the game this weekend. Uh, another big-time game, playing the only undefeated team left in the Big Ten, Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan's on the road uh, in Camp Randall, uh, 12 noon on Saturday. I think I heard College Dame Day is going there. Um, another big-time game for Michigan to hopefully do something you know special for us here. It hasn't happened in quite a, little, quite a while, though. Um, I want to play a game with you here before we get into our just straight-up predictions. Uh, and we've done this before, and it's U of M wins if. And I'm just going to pose that question to you, and you go ahead and tell me, you know, you know whether you think they're going to win or not. Imagine if they do win, you know, what happens? What are they going to have to do to win? U of M wins if. U of M wins if they keep Wisconsin under 150 yards rushing. I think that Wisconsin's too good to keep them under that, but... They, I don't think Hornybrook is a good quarterback. I think he has one of the weaker arms. I feel like I can go out there and throw a ball just as quick as him at this point. Um, and I don't throw very fast, so um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I'm accurate, but I, I don't have a big arm. And uh, I just I can't foresee that offense doing much other than some little tight ends, curl routes, and you know, they'll get a few passes on some wide, you know, they always have a, a, an underrated wide receiver that comes out of nowhere and makes some big catches. But I think overall is can you keep Wisconsin offense, you know, grounded for the most part? And I don't think you're going to keep them totally grounded because they're such big guys and it's a, it's an, an offense that we really haven't played this year um, where they're, they're so big and so physical at the line of scrimmage. But we that is our strength and – I think if you can keep them under 150 yards, I think you can. Michigan can win. All right, I, I like that. Uh, good analysis. I'd agree with you on that. Uh, I do think that if they can really control the the run game, like you talked about, uh, then that's going to allow Michigan to bring more guys, blitz more guys. Uh, I'd love to see one of those big defensive ends or defensive tackles swallow up Hornybrook. Uh, like you said. They're a timing team. You know, when they throw the ball, it's, it's relied on timing. It's not explosive plays, but it's large tight ends, you know, and Hornybrook hitting them right in stride, or it's wide receivers on comeback routes, and the ball is just perfectly timed thrown out to them. So if they can get Wisconsin into a obvious throwing situation and really bring pressure, uh, I'd love to see what they can do on Hornybrook. And to be honest, Wisconsin's defense is, so, is good enough that, Michigan's going to need to score a non-offensive touchdown. It's going to have to be a special teams or a defensive touchdown, I think. Uh, they're going to need to put points up, and I think they're capable of doing that. So I'm going to say U of M wins if they score a non-offensive touchdown. Well, I, was right. I, I was thinking the same thing. They're going to need some help from somewhere. Maybe a pick six, maybe a nice punt return. That'd be nice. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, I I put kickoff return is where I'm I'm leaning towards. I think Amber Thomas has run pretty well and hasn't really busted one off too long yet. So that's what I I put my money on if I had to uh, guess. 
Is that like a bold prediction? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I am. Let's go ahead. Get right to the the score predictions here. What do you think is gonna unfold? I've gone back and forth on this one this week. Um, I'm gonna stick with my original prediction early on in the year that I think Michigan can win at least between Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. One of them will be a victory, and I'm going to have to predict that this is the one. I do think that they match up better uh, with this team than almost any other team. But Wisconsin, you got to respect the defense. Um, you got to respect their run game. I think it's going to be a real tough game. I think it's going to be a very fast game because I think everyone's going to – you know both offenses are going to run the ball – and it's going to go real quick. And you're going to see a game that's over by like 2.30 basically because, well, it would be over at 2.30 without the commercial breaks all the time. But um, going to be a tough game. And I, I am saying that Michigan is going to squeak this out barely um, in a very ugly game. And I'm saying that they're going to win 17-13. to 17-13. Uh, reminiscent of last year's uh... – Ugly game yep. in Ann Arbor where they, mm-hmm. you know, they barely won. Uh, this yep. is a, this is a game that I have. Uh, I had Michigan losing at the beginning of the year. I had them losing on the road to Wisconsin, losing on the road to Penn State. But with all that's unfolded, I, I don't think that you know preseason predictions can. I think I'll forget people on their preseason predictions. What's, what happened to Spate and O'Corn coming in and being as bad as he was when he came in. Uh, you know, it's just too hard to tell what wins and losses are. You know, everything counts, but it's kind of, uh, I don't know, if, if we would have had Spade or maybe had Peters in earlier, who knows what ha- would have happened in those two losses we already have. So I do think uh, Harbaugh's been holding back a little bit the past few weeks, obviously. Uh, being able to run and pretty much win these games against those lesser teams, you know, they took care of business and, I think it's only a matter of time before Michigan gets an upset win. Uh, they haven't had it in a few years now, and I really just I think it's a matter of time. Law of averages, you know, a good team that competes as hard as they do with a good defense and uh, capable co- you know, coaches and uh, coordinators. I think it's about time that they that they go out and they win a big game, and I think. Uh, we're about to see one of two. I think we could see one this week and one next week, but uh, we'll stay on this week this uh, for today. I think points will be a little bit higher scoring, a uh, surprisingly high scoring game. I'm going to go with Michigan 28, Wisconsin 17. So we got a nice little disparity there. What's the line right now for Vegas? That is an excellent question. I'll look it up while you uh, you give me your bold prediction for the game here. Well, I, you kind of stole my thunder because I did say that I think that we, you know, I thought that maybe there'd be a, a special team play or something like that. So, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to say that the defense has two picks in that game against Hornybrook. Two picks. Right. Two picks. Who do you think is going to get them? <sighs> One of the safeties. And one of the corners. So I'll say I'll say Metellus, since we've been complimenting him, he must be hearing the you know the podcast and thinking that he's a big deal now. And uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go with we'll go with Long. We'll go with Long since we talked about both those players. 
those two are going to get the, the picks this coming week. I like that. I, I looked up uh, odds from Odd Shark, which I don't know how official that is or not, but that's just the first thing that came up when I looked it up. So uh, they have Wisconsin as an 8.5 point favorite. Okay. So we are uh, not going along with them. No, not at all. My uh, bold prediction, uh, I'll use the one, as you mentioned before, or I mentioned before, and I'll add another one. Uh, I think Ambry Thomas will take back a kick for a touchdown. And I will say that Rashawn Gary gets three sacks. So this is Rashawn's coming out party? Yes. I mean, he's been a good player, don't get me wrong, but really coming out and having a an elite performance... Yeah, where I uh, know a good a good performance where he doesn't have to share his stats. Okay. All right, fair enough. What well, you have plans for watching the game, or you got to work? Unfortunately, working the whole time, so we'll be missing the whole game entire entirely. But I'll my lessons know that during game game day, if it's a you know twelve o'clock game, I just basically check my phone. I keep on asking Siri every five minutes. Michigan score, Siri, and she comes up and gives me the score. So, um, I'm not one of those people that has to hold on to wait to watch the game or anything like that. Um, you know, it's too it's too hard with with social media and, and people always texting me all the time about Michigan football that I'm bound to know the score at some point. So, I just kind of keep track on the uh, on the phone, and then I do go home. I try to watch you know a Big Ten replay or something like that. And, see what how they looked overall. Fair enough. I'm in the same boat as you this week. I have to work for what is going to be the entire game probably. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm a little uh, weirded out about it. You know, I'll buy it, but I'd rather uh, I'd rather them win than anything else. <laughs> I'm fine working if they will go ahead and win. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you can check out our podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Music Store. Follow us at at Team Rhino Tweets. For Chris, I was Steven. Thank you.